This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, it's the last show of the week on the Monty Show. Fired up. 24 hours from now, I will be on my way to Mammoth Mountain. 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 My good friend, the uh, late Will Smith, used to say Mountain. Hey, do you want to go to the point of the Mountain and get some mopedas? Yes, in fact, I do. Uh, Spectacular Wednesday morning to you. We have got to talk about a sputtering Utah Jazz team. We're going to roll out our holiday gift-giving program today. We are looking for nominations for a family to adopt right here in Utah on the Monty Show podcast. Um, So we'll roll out all those details. If you know a family that's in need, simply DM Jake or me uh, on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Uh, it is the Monty Show. What? The Monty Show. M O N T Y. The Monty Show. Jake is S L C. Supercars. We uh, are looking to uh, help a family that is in need. Um, they must live in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, I know that we have a huge following throughout. You know, I mean, throughout the country. We guess we didn't really talk about this ahead of time, but oh, I mean, I, I guess we could gift card people. Uh, I'd rather help somebody. Yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, we we would rather do that. So in the Salt Lake Valley, um, yeah, hit us up on DMs. Also, by the way, uh, you should subscribe to this show because we're giving away this Xbox that is sitting right here in front of us. Uh, when we get to three thousand subs, and we are at twenty five seventy for subscribers. So a, what's going on? Get your ass in gear and hit subscribe. B. Uh, take a picture that you're subscribed. Tag us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, S-L-C, Supercars. So, uh, we had a huge fight before the show. Um, I sat on Jake's chest, uh, you know, just dropped bows into his face. Yeah. Um, well, tell the good people of America that that's what happened, Jake. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, that's, you know. Have, you know. We had a huge argument over the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where I want to start. Because I think what's so interesting to me is that people want to whine and complain. Just in general, I think people in this life, and I could be wrong about this, you know, like I think people like to whine and complain just in general. But you get something like the college football playoff and it's never good enough. And people are like, oh, we need to expand the playoff. Nobody disagrees with that. But right now it's going to be four teams that are going to play for a national championship. That's it. And I understand that, hey, I'm tired of Alabama. Okay, that's cool. But what I'm telling you is Cincinnati hasn't earned their, sp- earned their spot. And number six, in my opinion, is awfully lofty for them. And the greater conversation here and why Jake um, and I completely disagree and had a huge argument this morning um, is 100% about the idea that I don't believe that everybody should have access to play for the college football championship. I just don't. Tell me why that's wrong, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I just think that there's nowhere else in sports where you have, you know, there where you have uh, human beings sit down at a table and say, oh, well, okay, let's look at these schedules and 
let's look at what Alabama's done the last, you know, three seasons and, and, you know, reputation and, you know, basically taking into consideration all these different factors and, and then just choosing teams. I, I don't think that that is how the, the concept of sport has never been, hey, well, let's see what, you know, what we think is the best team based on a schedule that they play. The, the concept of sport has always been that, you know, you everything is decided on the field. So who goes where, what, you know, what what team matches up against what team like and I get it there's hundreds of teams in college football so yeah you do need some parameters around you know who would be eligible and who would be not in terms of you know being in what I would call like a tournament style setup but for to have to have only four teams and really if we're being brutally honest about it to have only really probably what I you know what 20 teams maybe in the like the grander conversation of it you know if we're being honest about it just seems a bit short-sighted to me. I think it do, I don't think it does college football any kind of justice. It gives you no in my opinion it gives you no space for the, you know, the Cinderella story college football team. You know, like at least in college basketball where yeah, you do have a committee, at least in college basketball, you can get the rando, you know, Chicago La Jolla or whatever, the random team that is able to work through the tournament and and do some awesome things. Like, that's part of why March Madness is so great, because inevitably, the Cinderella story ends up dying in the Final Four, you know? But at least we get that. So that's, conceptually, that's my biggest problem, is that I'm not saying that, that teams should just be, like, like you know, automatically given access. But what I am saying is that right now, yeah, we do get the same teams every single year. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Yeah, you're pissing off a large sect of college football fans that you need to watch these games. That's the truth of the matter. Because if we're going to sit here and say that nobody wants to watch Wachitachi State against Alabama, well, nobody wants to watch, you know, the the Alabama Crimson Tide be the only team that wins a national championship every year outside of Clemson, right? So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, that your rando team deserves to be in the Final Four. I'm saying that the system needs to be revamped and it needs to be uh, a system that allows for lower end teams to at least have the opportunity on some level to get punched in the face by a better team. I'm not saying it's Alabama, but I am saying that they should at least have the opportunity to, you know, die on the sword, if you will. I totally disagree. I think one of the biggest problems that I have with this very conversation, and I feel like we talk about this every year. I, I vividly remember talking about it last year. Oh, we do. Year. Every single year. Yeah. When you have the ideal in mind, that, oh, well, you know, the, uh, you know, weed eater technical college uh, should have access to the college football playoff. Uh, no, they shouldn't because they don't play the same schedule that Georgia and Alabama play. They don't recruit the way that Georgia and Alabama recruit. They don't, in my mind, have a coach that runs a program that is process-based, who is incredibly successful, who is one of the most successful coaches in the history of professional sports in Nick Saban, they don't have that. And if you want the, the seat and if you want the reward that Nick Saban has, go do what Nick Saban's done. Go be what Nick Saban is. But the problem is teams like Cincinnati can't do that because nobody wants to play at Cincinnati. The best wide receiver in the country is not looking at Cincinnati. But I think if I think and I don't disagree with that, but I but I think and this is where I think the fundamentals are different in terms of how we view it. Just because 
you know, the the only reason, if we really look at it, the only reason that people want to go and play at Alabama is because it's, you know, it's Nick Saban and he's built something there, right? So I don't disagree that Nick Saban, you know, Nick Saban shouldn't be punished for what he's done. That's absolutely true. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that Wachitachi State or some random school should, should be able ran, it's to— It's rando, please. Yeah, some rando should, should be able to get into the college football playoff and just go right to Alabama. That's right. not what I'm saying. Sure, that, right. That doesn't—that's not how it works in the, in the basketball tournament. Like, all I'm saying is that is some rando school should have the opportunity to get into the NIT of college football or whatever— setup it is i don't have a blueprint on how it would be set up but my point is is that there are so many teams in college football that are never even given a chance not even a sniff not even anything worth of of opportunity that's my biggest issue i'm not saying i don't understand why this is even a conversation i i don't understand it it this is why the bcs no longer exists because that wasn't good enough this is why we have to expand the college football playoff, which I actually agree with, but we're only doing it because it's not good enough. Sorry, Cincinnati fan and BYU fan. I'm sure this pisses you off as well. Nobody wants to watch Cincinnati and Alabama. Nobody. Nobody wants Cincinnati outside of Cincinnati. And I got a, a, another news flash for you. College football is a business, a billion-dollar business. If you're running a billion-dollar business, are you going to do what's best for you or what everybody's telling you they want you to do? You're going to do what's best for you. Alabama and Georgia is what's best for you. And by the way, Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in the country, and that is not in dispute. So do you have a problem with the idea that that right right here today, you know, basically everybody agrees that Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the country. Like, I think, you know, just generally no question speaking, about it. everybody would agree with that. I agree with that. But do we have a problem with the idea that being that those are the two best teams in the country that we're still going through the process? Because at the end of the day, if those two are head and shoulders above everybody else, which they clearly are, 100% they are, what is the point of, of even having all this? That's the other issue I have. Because you have to still play the game. You have to still play the game. And and so I would just say, you know, like the, the conversation you're trying to make is why don't we just put the Yankees in the World Series every year? Yeah, that's that is exactly well, what I'm saying. Because you still have to play the games. Okay. Like it yeah. nobody in, in in my opinion, nobody gets a free ride on anything. And the issue is again, when you say, Well, why should Alabama just because Alabama's earned it? Go play the 12 games that Alabama's going to play this year, including New Mexico State next week. But, oh, by the way, go to Death Valley. Go play the, go play the schedule that LSU played. Go play the schedule that Georgia's played this year. Has anybody looked at, has anybody looked at Georgia's schedule, who's currently 8-0 and in route to potentially being 12-0, and by the time they get to the college football playoff, 13-0 after the SEC championship game? With, at the time, number three, Clemson, UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, number eight, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee. Like, that's bet that schedule, as, as average as it is, in my opinion, is better than the schedule just about everybody plays. Is and, it? and for everybody saying, by the way, not to interrupt you, yeah. but fucking Cincinnati has the 94th ranked schedule in the country. 94th their quality win is a really mediocre Notre Dame team and I don't even know the guy's name but I said that last night on Twitter 
and you know, home slice from KSL Sports is like Buddy. Buddy from KSL Sports, excuse me. You're exactly right. He is Buddy. It's like, oh yeah, just average. Just average Notre Dame. I got news for you. Notre Dame is average Sean Walker from KSL Sports. I said um that their Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame is an average Notre Dame team. LOL, Monty thinks the committee's 10th best team in the country is an average Notre Dame team. Okay. Okay, well, Notre Dame is 74th in total offense, 76th in total defense, 55th in red zone defense, 73rd is their their quarterbacks ranked 73rd in the so country. And oh, by the way, they don't have a notable skill position player because Brian Kelly can't recruit. So go ahead and explain to me, and if you want to bitch about auto bids, Notre Dame's the auto bid you should be upset about because Notre Dame is an average football team who, in my opinion, is not a top 15 team in the country. They're average. Yeah. They're, only in, they're only in the 10th-ranked college football playoff team because they happen to have golden helmets and they've always been in the college football playoff. Go back to when Alabama road-graded Notre Dame several yeah. years ago in the playoff. It wasn't close. Anyway. Yeah, next question. And I'm a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> you want to complain about a team being auto-bitted? It's Notre Dame. It, it, you, but please do not sit here and try to explain to me that Cincinnati has earned their way into the conversation. They have not. They've played the 94th schedule in the country. 94th most difficult schedule in the country. Somebody explain to me how you're going to complain about Alabama being in the college football playoff and at the same time then turn around and tell me that Cincinnati belongs there because they don't. Do you Go play. What happens? Is Cincinnati undefeated playing Alabama's schedule? No. Is Cincinnati undefeated playing BYU's schedule? They're not. BYU has an opportunity in front of them to win six P5 games. When is the last time they've done that? How about never? They're playing as an independent. They're ranked 15th, and they have a chance to win six P5 games. As an independent, no conference affiliation, they are more deserving at 15 than Cincinnati is at six. Is Cincinnati undefeated playing Miami, Mercer, at Florida, Southern Miss, Mississippi, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and then the Iron Bowl at Auburn. Are, is Cincinnati undefeated? Is Cincinnati 500? Probably. Probably. At this point, at this point, they're probably a 5-3. They're probably a 5-3 team in that schedule. That doesn't get you into the college football playoff. And you're certainly not number six in the country. Did you do what? Did you do what Oregon did? Did you go to to the Horseshoe, one of the most difficult places in the country, to play and win a game? You didn't. Cincinnati doesn't belong there. And the hard part is, and the other thing that's so damn frustrating about this is, we don't do participation trophies in this country. Only we do. We want to hand out free rides because it's a cool story. The slipper fits. Like, that doesn't exist. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not wrong. I just, this is, this is I why, I this know. is why I maintain the system is, it's not that I'm 
it's not that I'm so upset that, that Alabama is in the college football playoff. That's not really the core issue here, right? Like, the core issue is is that, you know, the, the reason you're frustrated about Cincinnati is because you're, you're right. They, they haven't played a strong enough schedule to justify where they are, but that's what I'm getting at, that that's the problem with the whole setup, right? Alabama and Nick Saban are not the problem, right? Yes, there's a lot of burnout factor. We see them every damn year. It'd be nice to get some new teams in the college football playoff, but that's not going to happen. Let them earn it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Create re- create a system outside of, hey, play a better schedule. Cool. Let, let it's it, not as easy as they just get to pick the teams. It's not like they're picking, you know, from a hand basket. And they BYU can did. Yeah, BYU's an independent, though. So become independent. Yeah, I, I this think, is the I think thing. you're being you're being stubborn about that. I'm I think, not being like, stubborn about it's it. It's not as easy just to say, oh, well, Cincinnati, why don't you go be an independent? That's, it's not as easy as that. We both know that. That's I, not, it's not okay. that easy. If you want to win a national championship, you better be in a P5 conference. Okay, I can agree with that. But what I'm saying is is you're just you're somebody who's just saying, okay, well, if you want something, then just go and do something. And then yes. you're going to say, oh, well, it's a business. Like, it's Build, not no, as easy as this that. This is whether you work at Yelp, flip burgers, whether you're an athletic director at Cincinnati. Build a process that leads you that leads you to your stated goal win a national championship in college football well what do we know about winning a national championship in college football first you likely have to be in a p5 conference or you probably have to be undefeated and you have to have some modicum of respect and strength of schedule mm-hmm. which you're 94th in the country in strength of schedule yeah you don't have that you don't have that you don't have, in my opinion, you don't have a great win on your schedule. I, This is pretty simple. Build a process, take action. I don't know like BYU did. BYU wasn't interested in being in Craig Thompson's terrible hair, Mountain West, least terrible conference. They weren't interested. So they went independent. And every Utah fan in the planet said, oh, you're an idiot. Never, nope, not going to happen. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, well, guess what? They have just as much chance of playing for a national championship right now today on November 3rd that that Utah does. Just as much chance. Because guess what? Utah is in line for a New Year's Six Bowl, the Rose Bowl. They're going to play for a conference championship in all likelihood now. And if they win the Pac-12, guess what? They go to the Rose Bowl. Right? If BYU wins out, they win their two cupcake games and then they beat SC – Real good chance BYU's playing on New Year in a New Year's Six Bowl because the teams in front of them are going to run their faces into each other. And my guess is that BYU will be one of the you know top 12 teams in the country by the time this season's over. Because if I'm Kalani Sataki, and I know that we don't talk about this, and people got after me yesterday in the comments because I said BYU should try to score 100 points in the first quarter. They should. Over the next two games, blow your blow those kids out of the water. Don't give them a chance. Crush their souls. We're not here to win friends and, you know, hey, let's be nice. No, score 100 points. Step on their necks. Crush their dreams. Because I'll drop that motherfucker. Because that's what you have to do if you're BYU right now. You have two teams that nobody really cares about or have ever heard of. Nobody even knows that Georgia Southern plays football. Nobody's ever heard of them. So you're BYU. You're the 15th ranked team in the college football playoff. Beat them 100 to nothing. And actually, 
I would say score 60 points on them. Yeah. Put up 60 points, give up 20-something, give up 14-something, and do that two weeks in a row, then go and end the dreams of, of Jackson Dart and the USC Trojans at the Coliseum. If you, Shiva, the god of death. If you can do that, guess what? You're probably going to be playing on New Year's Day. This, the, 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 the path is pretty clear. It's in, in my opinion, it's a much clearer, smoother road to a New Year's Six Bowl than Utah's got. Who thought that BYU would be able to say that? That they have an easier path to a New Year's Six Bowl than Utah does. But Whatever. Guess, but guess what they do? Because Tom Homo didn't take the easy path. What do you always say? Everything you want is on the other side of hard. They went hard. Well, that's an, that's an honor code violation. BYU <laughs> took the hardest path possible and went independent. Yeah. And then the last two years, yeah, they had a kid drafted number two at quarterback in Zach Wilson. Um, you know, they got into the Big 12. They won a bunch of expecting this one. Yeah, they won a bunch of games, and all of a sudden BYU's nationally relevant. Cincinnati hasn't done any of that. Cincinnati's in a crappy conference. They don't play anybody. They don't have a quality win. And yet they're everybody's all-American, and their coach should be up for every job. And congratulations, you beat the Girl Scouts. Okay, I feel better. Good, good, <laughs> perfect. You and I are on totally different sides of this. Yeah, this is why I hate college football. This is why I hate the playoff. I hate the whole system because at the end of the day, the football is good, right? Like, you know, obviously Alabama-Georgia is going to be super entertaining. Well, watch that game. But at the end of the day, this is this conversation that we're having to have should not be in existence. It shouldn't It shouldn't be a conversation that, that, that observers of the sport should have to have. You win and you're in. Unless you can't be a P5 team. Unless you haven't earned it. Okay. And that's, Earn how, it. that's how you like to look at it. But, but I'm, I, how am I, how am, like, how has Cincinnati earned it? I'm not saying that Cincinnati has earned it. How has Notre I'm Dame earned it? I'm saying that the issue I have is that unless you're in a P5 conference, you don't have a chance at this thing. Unless, like, it, like, BYU has to schedule out of their mind, and then they have to run the table on that schedule. I'm saying the difference between that and what takes place in college basketball is that in college basketball, you actually have opportunity no matter who you are. Look at Michigan State. Yeah. And actually, you don't have opportunity no matter who you are. But anyway, look at Michigan State. Nobody cares about Michigan State football. Best player in the history of Michigan State football is your mom. I don't know either. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to know. Ain't nobody going to Wikipedia to look it up because it's Michigan State. Right? But Michigan State plays in the Big Ten. And Michigan State is undefeated. And Michigan State has beaten a ranked Miami team, and now they just beat a number six Michigan team. And Michigan State's earned their way into this ranking. And some people, by the way, some people are upset they're not ranked higher. And if I'm Michigan State, I might be upset by that. But all you have to do now is go to Purdue, beat Maryland, go to the shoe, and then beat Penn State. Ah, cake, right? If they wind up undefeated, they will have earned their spot. They will play for a Big Ten championship. They will have earned their spot. They're more deserving of, than Ohio State, who couldn't win at home against Oregon. Michigan State belongs in their ranking, right? Minnesota, who's winning the West right now, doesn't belong in the college football playoff. Yeah. Why? Because they've lost twice. In this day and age of college football, what if Alabama loses at home to LSU? They won't. But what if Alabama loses at home to LSU? 
Alabama. I'm will, not trying to be obtuse. I genuinely think there is still a chance that they would be around. Not a two-loss team. Not a two-loss Alabama. Because there's already questions about Alabama. They're not. They're. They're. Sorry. They're. They'd be a two-loss team, and I think they'd be out. I. I, <laughs> I, just, I just. I don't. I'm not. Con- like. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not entirely confident in that. I. I can't definitively say that that would be the case. Okay. I mean, honestly, like, okay, a two-loss Alabama team. You. So you. You just got done talking about how this is a business. So mm-hmm. you're really telling me it's good for the business if if Alabama's not in the Final Four. Uh, it is because that probably means that Oklahoma is there because Oklahoma is what nine and zero, even through a quarterback change. Oklahoma's nine and zero. Um, if you look at you know Wake Forest is eight and zero. You know, like Wake Forest Nobody is another wants to example. Watch Wake Forest, right? But but they have a process in place because they're in a P five. Yeah, they have a they're eight and zero in a P five conference. That's that's all you have to say. They're eight and zero. In a P5 conference. What's Cincinnati? Yeah. Cincinnati. I'm not a Cincinnati fan. Like, I, like I'm not. But Cincinnati's, you're, you're, you know, Cincinnati is your, you know, they're, they're your goat here. Because you're riding that, that goat. Because they're the exact example of what you're trying to promote in college football. Which is a team who has no claim and has not earned a thing. I'm, I'm. I don't know how we're on different pages what I'm saying. I'm saying that I just simply want teams to have the opportunity to go and lose. That's all I want. That's it. Go and get your face pumped in. That well, way you can't say that, oh, well, the committee okay. just kept us from being there. Well, we'll just leave it right there then because that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is everybody should have the opportunity. And what I'm saying is everybody should have to earn the opportunity. And I'm tired. I This is the whole, you know, shaming the rich in this country. I'm tired of Jeff Bezos being a villain. I'm tired of Elon being a villain. You earned it. I'm tired of Nick Saban being a villain because he's a better football coach than your coach. He's a bet. Hey, hey, Nick Saban wants to coach BYU. All right, here, let me help you pack that desk, Kalani, because I'm taking Nick Saban to coach BYU. Right now, today, Utah, Notre Dame, you, you, my, my, my college football team is Notre Dame. Brian Kelly can hit the road tomorrow. I'd rather have Jake coach Notre Dame than Brian Kelly. Because at least then when we suck, I can, you know, blame Jake. Because yeah. nobody will blame Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. But I'll take Nick Saban. I'll take Kirby Smart. I, I I will. I'm just telling you, earn it. That's all I'm saying. If Cincinnati wants to, oh, we deserve it. You don't. I don't think they deserve it either. That's like they don't. But they should have the opportunity. Right. No, they, they should. shouldn't. Earn it. Okay. If you don't cool. deserve the opportunity, why do we give participation trophies? It's not a participation trophy. College football is the only freaking sport in the damn world, right, where it's not decided on the field. It's not. It's not decided on the field at all. It's freaking how many ever human beings sitting down and saying, well, it's Nick Saban in Alabama. Number one, it's football. You can't play the number of games you play in basketball or baseball. You, you can't do it. Well, you could do it if you actually gave access to more teams than four. How are you going to – okay. How are you going to play more games than they play already? By opening the funnel. No. There's just – it's not physically possible. Okay. How, you're, what are you going to play, 24 weeks? No. They that's play, not what so I'm they, saying. They play – right now, if you think about it, 
They What do they play, 15 games? You play 12 in the regular season, 13 is your conference championship, your bowl game is 14, mm-hmm. then two playoff games, 16 games for, for college football. You want to play 18, 19, 20 games a year? You can't. It's it's football, man. And by the way, at some point you have to have an off season because if you're playing 19 no games a year, in football, right? But you can't play games every week for 52 weeks. No, of course not. At some point, you have to put a cap on it and say, "Hey, it's football, which hurts, and injuries are more prevalent, and concussions." And by the way, most of these kids are never going to get a paycheck to play football. Yeah, you can't do it in college. You cannot do it in college. And I, I, I. It's football is different. No, right. football is dumb. Okay. That's what it is. All right. Tanner Plummer says, morning. I'm shocked that BYU is ranked 15th. Um, I think they've earned that. Gabe says, good morning. What's up, Gabe? Good to see you. Maury Alvarez says, morning, boys. What do you think about the Cincinnati college football playoff snub last night? I didn't see a Cincinnati snub. They're ranked sixth in the, in the college football playoff. How is that a snub? Um, Cody Strickland says, I can't believe Clarkson is struggling this hard. We can. Um, Tanner Plummer says, who won the fight? I kick Jake's ass every time. Yeah. Um, Tanner Plummer says, UTSA not getting in the rankings is criminal. It's not, actually. It's not criminal at all. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, morning. What's up? Uh, Maury Alvarez says, how do you rank Oregon when they lost to Stanford uh, ahead of Cincinnati? Because they beat Ohio State. And Cincinnati has played nobody. And their one win is an average win. I'm telling you now, their strength of schedule is a problem in Cincinnati. They're 94th in the country for strength of schedule. How are you? I mean, I don't understand this. And somebody make this argument for me. Why should Cincinnati be there? Why should Cincinnati be sixth? Because if you look at the rankings, seven is Michigan. It's seven and one. Their loss is Michigan State, who's third. And you're telling me Michigan should be ranked behind Cincinnati? Oklahoma's nine and zero oh in the Big Twelve. They should be ranked behind Cincinnati. Uh, Wake Forest is eight and zero oh in the ACC. They should be ranked behind Cincinnati. ACC is one of the, isn't that one of the weakest conferences in the around? Um, I would generally agree. I would, yeah, I would generally agree with that. And Clemson's having a terrible year. Uh, Oklahoma State seven and one in the Big Twelve. They should be behind Cincinnati. Baylor seven and one in the Big Twelve. They should be behind Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? Auburn six and two. Yeah, they should be behind Cincinnati. No, they shouldn't. It's it's the SEC. I I I don't under. Are you really telling me that you believe that Cincinnati's better? than all of those teams I just mentioned. Because I think they're better than Notre Dame. I think I think everybody that's ahead of Notre Dame is probably better than Notre Dame. I think they are. But you tell me San Diego State at 7-1? How's San Diego State not ranked in the, the college football playoff? I mean, they're 7-1. and one. They've earned it. Right? I mean, why are we not upset about – why are we not upset about other one-loss teams? Why are we not – like, I could go on and be a jerk about it, but I won't. UTSA's 8-0. How are they not in the college football playoff rankings? They should be. They haven't lost. UT- oh. They are, haven't lost. Are you being serious or are you just, you know, you're poking the bear? I'm now, making right? a point that the college football playoff system is broken. Illinois. Um, they beat Illinois. 
I mean, that's uh, that's unbelievable. Uh, they beat Lamar. Well, holy cow. UTSA took out. Can you believe they beat Lamar? I mean, why, that, don't, why don't we just do this? That why offense that Lamar just, runs Why don't we just is, not play football games and, and hand the ticket to, to Alabama and Georgia? And why don't we have them play each other like 10 times a year? Because that would be but more see, entertaining. He, here's the problem with that snark and that level of sarcasm. Those two teams are the two best teams in the country. That's my point. And they've earned it, especially Alabama. Do you understand how difficult it is to do what Alabama's done for a decade? Yeah, they make it look easy. You're right. It's not easy for them. And we're disrespecting everything that they've built at Alabama because we're tired of seeing them succeed. I, I And it, it, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. You want to argue that the college football playoff should be expanded? Yes, let's do that. It should be expanded. There's no there. It should be at least eight teams, at least eight teams. I'm good with that. But again, if you want to go to 16 teams, explain to me how you're going to fit that scheduling because we're going to be playing in the end of February and March. And how many kids are going to pay the price for that with education and injury? A lot. A lot. And I just don't think it works. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Cincinnati did well with the Notre Dame win, but it does feel like they need at least another marquee win this season. And Notre Dame is not, in my opinion, this is the Notre Dame. But this is classic college football, right? Yeah, Notre Dame's your problem. Like everybody wants to say, well, that's a great win against Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not a good football team. They are average by everybody else's standards. So that this is, and and I could go on and I can be Mr. Negative Nancy. At the end of the day, like, like it's going to be four teams. Georgia and Alabama are going to be two of those teams. Cincinnati's not going to get in. Oregon is going to struggle to get in. And there's there there's going to be one team in the college football playoff that pisses everybody off just for for the sake of the business because that's what they need and they should do that. I agree yeah. with that logic in the current setup. You should have one team in the college football playoff that's in that gray area where you can make a case that they should be in, but you should you can also make a really strong case that they shouldn't be in. Yeah, and that's the that's the group of five. You know, like it, it's just, and I'm currently re- anyway. Um, yeah. I it's the group of five like I get it you know like I I understand it everybody wants their Boise right everybody wants their cool story I just anyway I'm just I'm just not here for that no I, you I, you you want to just reward the best teams every single year and you I want an issue I if wanna, it's the same team every year I want to reward the teams that do it right that that play in a major conference that recruit that coach that play big games, and they win big games. Alabama-LSU is a big game. BYU-USC is a big game. See, I disagree, though. I disagree. By college football playoff, like, landscape, USC is not a good team. They're not. If we're going to sit here and rip Notre Dame, USC is not a good team. But USC and Notre Dame are on the exact same level. When you say, hey, we we went to the Coliseum and beat USC... People are like, oh, that's a good win. Even though, and, and I just want to point this out, this is this is why this conversation happens every year. Oh, well, we went to the Coliseum and we beat SC. Oh, that's a good win. Even though SC is not a good team, and BYU should beat SC. I would agree that's with that. That's college football, and that's my problem. That is That is the core issue that I think we face in college football. Oh, well, it's Notre Dame, Golden Helmets, the Irish, right? They're a good team. No, they're not. They're not a good team. Yeah. They're not. 
<laughs> like that's that's like in in you know any other professional sport you're like oh well you know the Braves went on the road against the Astros and won the World Series that's a that's you know we know the Astros are really good right like that's yep. why I think this gets really difficult conversationally in college football because there is no tangible metric that you can say in college football if you do this thing whatever X is you get into the college football playoff. And look, this is why, again, I'm just saying the group of five, you know, the highest ranked group of five, mm -hmm. you know, if they're not in the playoff, they're guaranteed a spot. We're going to get Cincinnati because Cincinnati doesn't have anybody left to lose to. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be shocking. I mean, I just, I feel terrible for UTSA. No, you don't. No, I don't because you're not relevant. At all. I'm not I understand that there's a large swath of people who are like, oh, we want to see the little guy. I'm not that guy. No. I want to see the four best college football teams in the country punch each other in the face. That's what I want to see. And if that happens to be, you know, BYU, great. It's going to be tough for BYU. The minimum is run the table and do it impressively. And then hopefully you're one of the top 12 ranked teams. And, you know, like, but I, I just think that BYU will have to do probably much more than that. Yeah. Because it's going to be difficult when you have somebody that, you know, is the, the, the level of a Cincinnati who just doesn't belong there. They don't belong there. And you hope, you know, you hope you're seven and two and you're going to be nine and two going to USC. And this is why the Boise game's a problem. It's why the Boise game's a problem. Yeah. You know? Like. Yeah. They need an at-large bid. And the only way to do that is to crush souls your next two games. And you're going to have a bye week in there. Don't forget that. And then go to SC and do it all over again. You know, I just I just think that when you look at, when you look at BYU's plight, I think you have a very difficult – you have a very difficult road to hoe. Do you see what I mean, though? Like with Alabama, the 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 path is the same every year. Oh well, just win the SEC, and you're going to be in the college football playoff. That's a, that's basically uh, is that like would you agree with that? That that's basically what what it is. Win the SEC and you'll be in the college football playoff. Yeah, I would think so. And you got to win your bowl game. But if you win the SEC and then you lose your bowl game, you're still in. Well, because no? right now, what would it be? It'd be. One, two, three, four. So Georgia, Oregon, mm -hmm. and Alabama at two versus Michigan State three. And I think those are the orange and the sugar or the orange and the cotton. Mm -hmm. um, and then it'd be like the Rose Bowl. It'd be the winner of the Big Ten in the, uh, the Pac-12. So at this moment, it'd be Ohio State and probably Oregon or Utah. Um, you know, the Peach Bowl is, is – you know, Cincinnati probably, you know, Cincinnati, Michigan, um, you know, Fiesta, what is Fiesta nine and 10. So you'd have wake and, and Notre Dame. And then the sugar is, you know, Auburn and big 12 would be Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm just telling you nobody who's watching the peach bowl from first Cincinnati and Michigan. I'm not. Are you going to watch Georgia, Oregon? I am. Are you going to watch Bama and Michigan State? Probably not. Georgia, Oregon's not a game. 
I think Georgia would win that game convincingly. I think Georgia's the best team. Georgia would walk away from Oregon. Anyway, let's get some more comments. Gabriel says, if a team can't lay claim to being one of the top four teams in the country, there's no way they are the best. Isn't that what we're after in crowning a champion? We are. We are. It's very different. I think a lot of people, and I don't know if this is you or not, Jake. I I don't think it is, but we're 40 minutes into this Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. I think it's very difficult for people to to realize that you can't do in college basketball what you do in college football, and everybody wants. No, that. I'm not saying that that what I'm what I'm hear me clearly. What I'm saying is that in college football, I want college football to come up with a setup, and I don't have one. Admittedly, I don't have a solution because I think it's a very difficult solution. But you can't tell me a billion dollar company can't come up with it. I want a solution in college football where everything is decided on the field and you take the human being out of it. It's That's Im- what I want. It's just really impossible to do that without opinion because teams like Cincinnati, teams like, again, Connor bringing up, um, or I can't remember who brought up UTSA, but you know, it, it's like Tanner Plummer brought up UTSA. You, those teams are always going to be, oh, it's so wrong. Maybe, 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 just, just off the top of my head, I haven't thought this through, just thought of it right now. Maybe instead of playing 10, you know, regular season games, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. why don't we play six or seven? And then and then you got to be seven and oh to get into some. Well, sort you play of a- 12 in the regular season. And this is the Nick Saban argument. Nick Saban has always said every game should be a P5 game, period. End of story. Yeah. Or if you went that route, you would end this discussion. Yeah. You know, I don't th- I don't necessarily. But you know what the that. problem is? People want to play New Mexico State in November. And BYU is playing Georgia Southern in November. Yeah, and, and that's a problem. And that, and that, but that's that's why I say I agree with you on that. Like I can get down with that. Like you either, it's got to be one of two things. You either have to have a system that works for every team in in the country, and there's a, a a golden standard you have to live up to to get into the next round, if you want to call that, or you got to do the Nick Saban route. And every, like to qualify for the college football playoff, every single game you play has to be a P5 game. End of yep. story. Jerry like Bolton that. says, if nobody gets a free ride, then why can't Cincinnati play Alabama? If Alabama is really the best, they'll beat Cincinnati because why should Alabama have to play Cincinnati? Alabama should play Georgia. Alabama should play Oregon. Alabama should play Michigan State. Alabama should play one of the other four best teams in college football. If Alabama truly wins out, Winds up in a New Year's Six or is one of the four ranked teams in the country. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. But there will be no system that's happy for everybody. There there just won't be. Blind Swordsman says, morning, boys. All I got to say is go BYU, Jazz, and have fun on your trip. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Brandon James says, no way BYU is in a New Year's Six. It it, would be Mm -hmm. difficult. It would absolutely be difficult. I don't see any way that they get to the college football playoff. But there are going to be teams ahead of BYU. BYU would probably have to be a top 10 team to get into a New Year's Six. Listen, you're going to have to put it. Because it's, it's an at-large bid. Like, the path to me is 50, at least, against both of these teams. And then you got to beat SC by two touchdowns, at least. And if you think, and this is where the, the church comes into it. If you don't think that every athletic director is thinking to themselves, well, you know, if we had BYU in a Peach Bowl, we would sell a hell of a lot of tickets, and on top of that, we'd probably have 2 million people on their side of the line watching the game on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's not attractive? Well, but Cincinnati and your mom and, uh, you know, your cousin's hot. Like, you're going to – 
BYU fans travel exceptionally well. And they tend to watch TV when BYU football is Million on. a week, bro. Million a week. It matters. Just saying. Let me get a couple more in here because then we got to get to the Jazz. Um, Dax Johnson says, uh, so turns. Okay. Uh, so BYU does have a shot at a New Year's Six. Crazy what going 5-1 and one against P5 will do. This time last year, they were number 14 at 9-0. and oh. Yeah, that's exactly right against G5 teams. He's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they that there's still an opportunity for a New Year's Six. The college football playoff is, is out of reach, in my opinion, but New Year's Six is possible. Now, Jake. Yeah. You probably want to hold on to your man. Uh, here we here. go. Dax Johnson. Yeah, here we go. So, Dax Johnson. Right. Good morning, boys. By the way, Jake loved the hoodie yesterday. Thank you. Don't let the haters hate. Thank you, Dak. I appreciate that. Where'd you get that hoodie? Yeah, uh, you. Oh, my daddy me. bought it for yeah. me. Along with the douche glasses. Because my daddy loves yeah, me. Why don't you put the douche? My glasses daddy on. loves me. Put the douche glasses and on and make the case why Alabama should always be in the college football playoff. Alabama roll tide. We clear um, on that. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, "If you're 24, you're last." It's damn right. Um, BYU fan CJ says the only reason you have to be in the P5 conference for an, a national championship is because BYU won one. Okay, that's a different. You first, you're last. Nert la Nert low CJ. What the fuck are you? What is BYU's schedule ranking? Not 94th. I can no, tell you that right 94th. now. Um, I don't actually know off the top of my head. I knew it yesterday, uh, but I can quickly look that up for you. Um, BYU to me, do you think BYU's played a good schedule? Yeah. I mean, I think they've played a good schedule. I don't, I certainly don't think it's the strongest schedule, you know, around, but I mean, yeah, I think I, the problem I have with their schedule or that, th that anybody would have with their schedules is it's against the PAC 12 and the PAC 12 is a weak ass conference. Like, I guarantee you they're top 40 though. I just don't. Remember yeah. I mean, that. you're going to get cred for the, for the, the schedule they've played, but uh, you know, yeah, again, like, like it's, you know, I, at the end of the day, it's just as, but listen, here's strength of schedule. Number one, Miami, number two, Wisconsin, number three, Indiana, number four, Notre Dame, impossibly difficult schedule. Five Purdue. Six LSU, seven Illinois, eight Georgia, nine Texas, Old Miss, Iowa, can BYU's thirty fifth, by the way. Like, listen to the playoff teams that are here. Just in the top fifteen: Alabama, Georgia, 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 Notre Dame at four. Like, I mean, you have these teams that are playing, like Michigan at twenty five. Listen, Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati doesn't have any any, you know. Yeah, they're thirty fifth. BYU know, like, is thirty fifth. So, like, think of think of this. Think of how it looks, because that's because that's. And again, I, I hate that this is how we have to look at it. But the fact is, is this is how we have to look at it. Yeah, yeah. You're, we have to make judgments based on how strong your schedule is. So when all the teams around you, like if you're Cincinnati and all the <laughs> other teams around you are basically top thirty schedule teams, and you're sitting there at ninety fourth, come on, dude. Like you can't. Yeah, you, there's just you're not going to get over that hump. Like, that's just the truth. Brood, Brood Wars. I love you, man. Brood Wars says the convoluted clusterfuck that is the process of picking the top teams in the league makes me glad I don't care about football. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brood Wars. Thank you, sir. 
Couldn't agree more. Angry Astley says Utah should get in uh, to the Rose Bowl if they're six and seven. Well, win the South. Tanner Plummer says Monty Thug Life activated. Those glasses are amazing. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says if BYU goes to New New Year's Six, you how can you deny uh, Jaron's greatness? Don't why why we almost made it through a whole BYU Dude. conversation without Jaron's greatness. Why don't Why don't you just uh, do you want me to start playing slurp noises? Like I mean, what do we need to do here? What, what do we got to do? Yeah. Uh, Cam Harrison says the Big 12 will still be a P5 conference after Texas and OU leave. Yes, it will. But the question is, do the Utah Jazz have access or a seat at the table for the college football playoff? Let's switch gears real quick because we're short on time. The Utah Jazz last night sputtered through a game against the Sacramento Kings. And, and I don't know, I could be making too much of this, but you tell me. Am I the only one that's got a pretty significant level of concern for this basketball team right now? Because Jordan Clarkson aside, and he's just having a dreadful start, and I think everybody in this world knows he's going to pull out of that at some point. I think he's 0 for his last 97 three-point shots. Yeah, well, and the 99-game streak ended, so, you know, that's all that matters. Yeah, it's a, it, well, that's a hell of a streak, by the way. Yeah. I mean, my point is the Utah Jazz are not playing very well. And Mike Conley had to come in and rescue them from losing to a very mediocre Sacramento team. Mm-hmm. So, the question has to be asked, young Jacob Tyler Montemayor, uh-huh. why are the Jazz struggling against teams like the Sacramento Kings? No, I don't know. You you were only 14 of 48 from three last night. Think that matters, right? I mean, I, I like that they took 48 threes. 14 of 48. I like you that number one better. one of nine in the first half. This is the problem. This team... As much as they've overhauled the roster, not overhauled, that's probably strong, but added talent to the roster, you're still you're still the same team, right? Yeah. On the nights when you're making 40% of threes, you're going to win those games. On the night when you're four, like uh, 14 of 48 is just egregiously bad at home. That can't happen. Well, the Nye guy makes a good point, though. Clarkson is as cold as my ex-girlfriend's black dead heart. Yeah, yeah. Clarkson's so cold he can't catch a cold, bro. I mean, it's amazing. Um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because what you're seeing now in the Utah jazz is a pattern. And again, the numbers don't lie. It's not even that the three point shots not going in, because let's be honest, when you shoot threes and you rely on the three ball, you're going to have stretches like this is O of 11 last night, bro. But much to my point, my good friend, Marcos and I were deciding on whether or not Marcos should bet the minus nine to cover for the jazz last night. Yeah. And he did. And he is texting me during the game. Get Clarkson out of the game. It's not that he can't shoot. He turns a ball over. Oh, of 11 dog. <laughs> oh. But look at, look at the turnover numbers. Look at the, the, the team numbers that terrify you in this game. Yeah. 16 more. Is that you keep turning the basketball over 16 more. And when you look at the, 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 the guys that are doing it, the scary part is it's Don, Rudy, and Mike Conley. Somebody tell Rudy Gobert to stop dribbling the basketball. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Well, it's not even the open court, hey, I'm a point guard, let me go run down the floor dribbling. Yeah. It's in the middle of the lane. He's like, hey, look, I have a basketball. Let's dribble it. What are you doing, bud? You're turning it over. And it's, it, it, it is uncharacteristic of this team to make these kinds of decisions. And I think it comes from the idea that this is they know that the three ball's not going down. 
So they're pressing because they're not shooting well. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, that's just they're absolutely pressing. Yeah. And if you you look at the things that we always say on the show when you guys tell us that you know there were there was another. Do you guys even watch jazz games? Can Can you put the goggles on one more time? Hey, hey, bro. About this frustrating for oh, hey, hey, bro. ESPN ads. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Um, now that I have the douche goggles on, can I just ask you a question? Uh, do you guys watch jazz games? <laughs> we don't um oh my god but the point is <laughs> i'm telling you this is a problem now because you're not playing good fundamental basketball and when you are a an average defensive team which the utah jazz are metrics say it's not just our opinion they're an average they're an average defensive team yeah and what were we what what awesome knowledge was I dropping like a thunderbolt on your brand new iPhone 13 Pro Max extra large cock length phone last night when hey, I okay, said man. when I said that was way over the top but my point is they can't play at pace right now no because they cannot in my opinion they cannot stand and deliver from three and when when the Utah Jazz are going to miss that many threes when Don's going to go five of 12. Rudy doesn't take any. Bogey's two of five. Boyan Bogdanovich only took five threes last night. Royce O'Neal blows. He's 0 of four from three. Random sales Bro, Stop. Jesus. But my point is that when you have an offense that's predicated on making the three and you're not making the three, that's a problem. You had one three-point shot come off the bench last night. And that was Joe Ingles, who was one of four. You missed. You were one of 18, I think it was, off the bench last night from three. That's not good. And so my point is, it's becoming a concern now. And you watch Donovan tweak that ankle, and your hopes and dreams damn near ran off to the locker room with Donovan Mitchell last night. Yeah, that was nervous time for a minute. And I'm, I, I'm telling you, not, I'm not saying that you should panic or that the season's over. This roster ain't it. I just think that, you know, last night in the second half, there was a time for about five minutes, and I give Quinn credit. He adjusted. But there was a time where he had Royce, Jingles, and Bogey all out on the floor at the same time against the King starters, which is Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy didn't even start. You can't have. You cannot have an unathletic lineup out there against that level of athleticism. And how – but here's my here's my point, and you're right. They played eight guys last night, and they almost beat the Jazz. The, the, do you realize that the Kings only played eight guys last night? And they got 19 points out of Buddy. Davion Mitchell gave him 18. Halliburton, 14. De'Aaron, who is just terrible at basketball right now. Yeah, I don't know what happened to De'Aaron Fox and why he can't catch a basketball. He scores there, 13. But so, on that point, and I'm not trying to interrupt you, but there is a you narrative are. going around the league. So the league changed balls this year. I hate this argument. But it matters. It matters. You're talking about guys not being able to catch a basketball. There is a narrative going around that the new Wilson ball is not good. It's a different grain of basketball. So the it, for those of you who don't know the story, I hate this conversation. The league switched from Spalding to Wilson. Spalding did not renew their deal with the NBA. 
and the basketball looks identical. The leather grain is completely different. And some guys are saying that the channels that are on the basketball, and if you don't play it, there's like black rubber strips on the basketball. Yeah. That help you grip it and shoot it. They're saying that the the leather and the channels feel different. And so guys are, when you catch a basketball, it spins in your hand when it first hits your hand. It spins a little bit. And then it grips and you catch it, you pass it, you shoot it, whatever. And guys are saying that the three-point percentage in the NBA is down so much because the, the basketball is very difficult to grip and it's hard to shoot it accurately. I don't know. Is that why Royce O'Neal can't hit, you know, water from a boat? Is that why Jordan Clarkson went over 11 last night? No, it's not. Sorry, man. Like the basketball is different. I get that. You didn't go over 11 because of the basketball. You're just struggling. And I, I, you, in my opinion, in my opinion, again, this is just me, but you didn't give up. You didn't give up 46 points in the paint to a team without a legitimate center. Yeah, dude. Because of the basketball. Right? You did not turn the ball over 17 times and give up 23 points because of the basketball. That's because Rudy Gobert wants to dribble. And Royce O'Neal wants to step out of bounds. How does that happen? Don't know. And and again, you better start looking at Royce O'Neal because this is a conversation we need to have. Yeah, it's time. Royce O'Neal makes timely plays. He'll get you an extra rebound. He'll step into a passing lane. I agree with that. But Royce O'Neal cannot continue to brick from three and just have half of his foot out of bounds on the sideline last night. Not even close. I, My biggest concern is this roster is not it. No. You need to make a trade. You need it. Like, does anybody, can anybody explain to me what Boyan Bogdanovich's role in this offense is? He finally last night hit a big three. I thought that three he hit in the last minute of the game where he was clutch. He sidestepped and hit that three. I thought that was pure. Yeah. That's the first time where I've been like, well, hey, there's Boyan Bogdanovich making a great play. Do you realize he had 20 points last night? Didn't seem like it. It didn't feel like it at all. And he only gives you three rebounds. He's not giving you, he's not diamond out. He's not playing defense he doesn't play defense and what did we notice about rudy's numbers last night another 20 and 20 game for rudy well no not really 12 and 19 last night on a night where they play terrible or they shoot terrible from three this roster is not it and i know that everybody wants to well rudy gay and does rudy gay solve the problems of this team some of them some of them not the ones that matter but I look at a guy like Hassan Whiteside who played 15 minutes last night and gave you nine nine points and 12 boards, a steal and a block. You have better depth, but this is a problem with your best players. This Jazz roster is not struggling from depth. This Jazz roster is struggling from a starting five that's unathletic and has not gotten better. Yeah. Not gotten better. Donovan Mitchell had to spend the offseason rehabbing, so you, you can see that, that – he is just not the old Donovan Mitchell from, you know, last year before the injury. He's going to get back to that. He needs help. Yeah. He needs help in that starting five, and I don't know where it's coming from. All right. Get some comments. We're running out of time. Let's see. Uh, the Nye guy says, anytime the Lakers eat butt is a good time. F the Lakers. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your opinion. Spencer Morgan. Hey, good morning, Spencer. Good to see you, buddy. 
He says, my fear is that when Rudy Gay is back, Pascal's minutes drop when it should be Royce and Joe's minutes that drop. Agreed. I think Pascal's giving them energy and the occasional three. And I just love that he'll throw a hip into a guy. Yeah, you need him for like 10 to 15 minutes a night. Tops. That's it. And I think I absolutely think Spencer's right on the money. I think I think that that Royce O'Neal's got to play fewer minutes. But the other thing we talked about was last night over text while we were watching this issue. Mm-hmm. This is where you wish you had a young guy like a Jared Butler. Who's like just a, not getting minutes. Like a Trent Forrest. You've got to find a way with your salary cap the way it is to to push those guys forward. You need Trent Forrest to play minutes. He's athletic. You don't need him to score or shoot. You really don't. You just need him to keep a guy in front of him. You need him to rebound and occasionally break the paint and dunk on somebody. That's all you would need Trent Forrest to do. Yeah. But Quinn's not going to give him the time. Not at, at least not right now and by the way, if you're not playing them now, when are you going to play them? Because once we get into December, January, and you're looking at the trade deadline, hopefully you're going to bring bodies in. Yeah, I don't know. But man. is is Trent Forrest a guy that you're going to put on and put you know add as a filler to a trade? It's a great question. Because I'm not trading Jared Butler. Not no. doing that. Like I'd throw in Doke. You know, again. Well, I don't know. Is he on the Stars or is he on the Jazz? He's back up with the Jazz. Didn't they recall him yesterday? <laughs> like, for what? I, I, like I, I anyway, um, Brandon James says, if, if you're a pro, you should be able to shoot a, a, a glass ball, same weight, same size and drill it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah the ball thing makes, well, that came out wrong. Um, the basketball <laughs> issue in the NBA, man, they got issues with damn balls. The, the ish, the, the basketball issue in the NBA to me is, I don't know. Um, Tanner Plummer says, quote, this team isn't it. Well, don't tell Bowler Jack. He flips a lid. Oh, I hate Jesus. that, Homer. He Bowler Jack's tough to listen to. Yeah. He is tough to listen to. And it is. Yeah. I, yeah. He works for the team. I think he does. A fine, I think say. he does a fine job. By the way, Tony Jones, you said, was tweeting about LeBron being the best player last night. Yeah. He, he, he just said that for him, LeBron is the best player in the league right now still. So. I don't know. I, I think it's a, there's so much, you know, opinion in it. I think it's but be, obviously it's between LeBron and Kevin. I mean, that's I'm sorry, who Kevin? I don't know who that is. Durant, Kevin Durant. Oh, OK. Um, LeBron James is the best player in the NBA right now. I, I mean, the way I don't understand. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's snorting or injecting. I don't know. Crack, ice, boom, pow. Can I get some of that? Because he's playing unbelievable. He's playing. 10 years under his age. What do you bench? LeBron James is a physical miracle. I give that guy so much credit for being 100 years old. Actually, 97. Let's not exaggerate. Yeah, don't exaggerate. Uh, for being an older player and supposedly past his prime, he wasn't dunking on people like he was last night in his prime. This I guy really is, don't care if you think it's us. This guy's unbelievable. He is yeah. unbelievable. Um, Every year. You know, and I think Kevin Durant's playing great basketball right now. But, boy, it's tough to say that LeBron is – I mean, who if you're playing better than LeBron James – I Well, they just play different games, you know, the way they go about oh, it. Oh, yeah, so stylistically, different. they're yeah, – so yeah, I mean, they're different guys. But LeBron is just – and I don't know what you say about Carmelo Anthony either. What's in the water at the practice facility in El He'll slow down a little bit. Carmelo is shooting the lights out right now. It's fun to watch, though. 
Because it is Carmelo. I mean, that's, you know. But he's also the Utah Jazz, right? When you live by the three. And you die by the three. The difference is, is that Melo can torch you in the mid mid-range, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, we'll see. I agree. Spencer Morgan says Whiteside and Pascal are, are a huge bright spot right now. Yeah. Whiteside has taken away the, the drop-off when Rudy leaves the floor, and Pascal is already a, an upgrade moments. over Royce. Yeah. I, know, I know this is unpopular, but there are moments where I'm like, yeah, that push shot at the free throw line out of Hassan. That's nice. Well, until he airballs it. It's really nice. He doesn't airball much, though. <laughs> it was funny last but night. But the ball's not an issue. You know, it's fine. 10% of the way into the regular season, it's time to take the temperature and see where we are. Reasons for concern, but the three ball will come around. And playing at pace is right around the corner. Yeah, I agree, Matthew Holland. I think the three ball is going to go. I'm not worried about them shooting poorly. I mean, teams that rely on the three go through stretches like this. I am more concerned about their defense. Their defense, I mean, if if Sacramento makes layups last night, they beat the Jazz. And if De'Aaron Fox doesn't – like, he shot an air ball on a layup. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You could say the ball thing is stupid, but – shot an air ball on a layup. Yeah. That that was rough. Yep. I still think they win 50-something games. Um, But I know they're 7-1. and one. <laughs> Jerry in a text message says, I'm done with you a-holes. In a direct message, rather. I'm done with you a-holes. It's always negative on the Jazz. The world's falling. Rudy sucks. Don's hurt. I'm over it. Okay, cool, man. Okay. Well, I appreciate where you where meeting, have man. we been wrong? Help us understand. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I, have we been overly negative on this Jazz team? We just spent 50 minutes yesterday talking about how Rudy was in, was in, was in the MVP conversation. Yeah, like, come on, dude. I, I, I think the truth... It, the truth is the truth. We can't spin the truth. It, negative not, or positive. Listen, you're not going to come on this show and and hear fairy dust and everything's great. That's not going to happen. We're going to tell you when things are good. We just said that Pascal and Hassan are bright spots. Yeah, and Jaron Hall should be your starting point guard. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously. I mean, he should be coming off the bench for like 25 minutes a night. So, you know, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I don't think that jazz fans with all due respect i think jazz fans want everybody to say how great their team is and we're not going to do that on this show we're going to tell you how it is whether it's positive or negative doesn't really matter to us we're just going to tell you what it is um daryl says carmelo took an ego check and is now playing like he should he did agreed snuka says aloha brothers aloha up, my friend good to see you the night guy says it's objective not negative i and that's yeah. what we're trying to be like we're yeah. just trying to be objective right um, Spencer Morgan says lots of listeners are just very used to local Homer media. So your show is a big gut check. Oh, I appreciate that. Spencer. Thank you. That's why I'm here. Jeremy says, no, Jeremy, you're here to run crap about Jaron Hall in San Diego State. No, that's Eric C. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. I thought Jeremy had just joined the San Diego. State um, camp. there's an S load of teams who have way more concerns than the jazz. Oh yeah. Well, that's sure. a doubt, but we're not talking about them. Yeah. This team, I feel the the good news is the jazz are seven and one. Yep. That's a good seven news. and one playing mediocre basketball by their standards. It's going to get tougher though, because I think like, look how bad the Clippers have been, you know, like the Clippers that the, the Suns. by the way, the Lakers, Oh, the Suns are not good right now, but no. the Lakers for long stretches last night, LeBron had this incredible first half. They were down 10, I think at the half to Houston. And by the way, Kevin Porter jr. Had a three ball in his hand. And I know the basketball is a problem. It is. Uh, oh, please. Um, he had a, he had an open look at a three to win the game and missed it back ironed it Houston I'm telling you and I know we took a bunch of crap for saying that about the Jazz but Houston's gonna be difficult for a lot of teams yep because the nights where that three balls going in they are incredibly difficult to beat yep uh John Penrod says Rudy needs to learn to catch and shoot uh no more dribbles yeah 
He, you know what Rudy also is doing? I don't, and this is a terrible habit. Trust me as a guy who was, I've always been bigger than everybody I've played against. You cannot bring the ball below your waist. And Rudy has gotten into this thing where you'll notice he used to just catch the ball like face shoulders. The ball would go up and he'd dunk. How did he not dunk that ball on De'Aaron Fox, by the no way? I have no idea. But second, he wants to put he wants to do a uh, what's called a slam, like a one pow, a power dribble and then bow up. But I think that's happening because he he's more confident in, in shooting free throws. But the ball's coming down below his waist way too often now. Yeah. And it's resulting in turnovers and and it's not it's not a good thing. Um Nigai says it's definitely time to package Bogey and Royce. Well, that could be. Hey, um, don't forget we're off tomorrow and Friday. But I also want to talk about this, um, you know, secret Santa, call it what you want. Because this is really important to us. We have really tried to give back to you as our listeners and our viewers. Um, and we right now we need to keep this to the Salt Lake Valley just because it's much easier for us to make sure that we're actually contributing to a family. Yeah. Um, but we'd really like to adopt a family for Christmas on this show. So here's what we're asking you. We are asking you to nominate families you know are in need. And whether this is your family, your friend's family, your brother's family, we want to help somebody provide Christmas for their family, for their kids. Um, if it's simply, hey, let us cater a meal at your house on the week of Christmas or whatever that might be, um, we'd really like to contribute to a family for Christmas because I think we all know that um, right now there there are a lot of families that are struggling and there's a lot of families that around Christmas time, there's a lot of kids who who don't get presents and we want to make sure that there, there are, are as few of those as possible. Yeah. So what we're looking for is nominations for a family that we can help provide Christmas for their kids. And what we'd like to do is buy them gifts and provide some food for them so that they can have a Christmas meal. Um, and if there are issues outside of that, if there are, you know, whatever it might be, we can talk about that. But at the very baseline minimum, we'd like to provide gifts and a, and a Christmas meal for a family this year that's in need. So what we're asking you to do is direct message us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Um, I'm the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show. Uh, or you can DM with Jake, SLC Supercars, SLC Supercars on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And tell us about a family who needs help. And what we will do is we will, um, we will pick a family. We'll explain to you why we pick that family. Um, and we will, we will do our best to provide it, an excellent Christmas for them this year, but we need your help with this. We need you to nominate families that are in need. So it, it can be completely anonymous. Um, you tell us how you want to, you know, how you want to do it. If you want to be confidential about it, we won't tell them you're the one that nominated them, but we want to, we really want to help somebody. So please DM the Monty show, M O N T Y the Monty show on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok or SLC Supercars uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We would like to make this decision. Um, I was looking at dates yesterday, and the date that makes the most sense to me um, is we'd like to choose this family by Friday, December 3rd. Uh, Friday, December 3rd is a date we would like to select our family. So basically got a month. So you have one month from today 
So please get those nominations going now. Um, and what I'll ask you for when you DM us is just say, hey, I know this family. Here is how I know them. This is their situation. Hey, dad lost his job. You know, mom passed from COVID, whatever that might be. And just give us an idea of why they're in need and then provide a way to contact them. I've done this in the past where people will say, hey, the Jones family needs your help, um, X, Y, Z. And then you don't give us a way to contact them and it's hard to get back in touch with you. Yeah, we can't help if we don't have contact. Yeah, so please say, hey, this is Kim and Steve. They're my brother-in-law. Hey, here's their situation and here's their phone number. And then we'll reach out to them and you know, hopefully we can make that happen. But just DM us. Um, and let's get it done. Uh, by the way, Snuka, no, you cannot nominate Jacob Conover. Um, he does need help. He does need help. Yeah, next question. Uh, we're just going to put him in the transfer portal. James Knight says, great calls, guys. Well done. Um, yeah, we just, we're just looking for people to help. So you have a month to nominate somebody. All right, do we do DUIs or do we just go to the trip? No, go to the trip. Let's skip the Henry Rugg I'm story not in for the right mood. now. I am yeah. not in the mood. You just got your ass kicked in college football, so. Okay, you're, you're, I will come across the table. So, I don't know the table can support your weight. Anyway, Did the you point. just call me fat? <laughs> fat? Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. Okay. You are fake. So, uh, <laughs> I did not. I'm kidding. Um, so, Mrs. Monty and I are breaking up for the weekend. Um, <laughs> we never spend time apart. Like, and I mean, when I say never, I do mean never. Like, Mrs. Monty and I pretty much eat, you know, F and sleep together. That's I'm pretty much that. the whole thing. Um, that's our life. Uh, but we're together all the time. Right. And this weekend, we are not going to be together. My dog is perilously Dude. close to tipping Dude. our camera over. Um, we are not going to be together this weekend. My wife is going to the Grand Canyon. Um, for an estrogen uh, get-together uh, with a bunch of other hoes, <laughs> mainly her mom and one of her friends and her mom's friend. So they ain't really hoes. The rack attack! I should probably move on. Anyway, my wife's going for a girl's trip to the Grand Canyon. They're going to ride horses. They're going to fly in a helicopter. Good, good on you because I'm never doing that. Um, if I fly in a helicopter, I'm the guy that's like, well, it, it crashed because that fat guy that was in the front seat. So I won't be. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, try to hit up Gomez's while in Mammoth. We are going to hit up Gomez's, Eric C., just for you. Um, Nye Guy says, great cause, guys. Enjoy the days off. The show will be missed. See you Monday. But Mrs. Monty's going to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And Jake and I are hopping in a car tomorrow morning, and we are driving to Mammoth. Yeah. And we are going to stay at a resort. We are going to do man things. We're doing it big. We get a hot tub with this, right? We get a hot tub with this. Hot tub time machine. We're going to have great meals, and we're going to snowboard. Yeah. And I am really excited about this. Um, ooh, women's dunk restock at 10 Eastern on the Nike app. Um, Nye Guy says he needs a bag alert. He needs a bag alert. He needs a bag alert. I think I need a bag alert. Okay, hang on. Um, let me, uh, let's see here. Bag alert. 
There it is. Now I got it. Just for you. So let's talk about what we're doing. We're going to take the Audi. We're going to take the Audi. So we're taking the SQ5. Right. We're going to jet across the biggest state ever created. Seriously. The continent of Nevada. Now, you tell me that Nevada is is basically middle of nowhere <laughs> when you're driving through it. Bro, the route through Nevada to Mammoth is de is Deadlands. Yeah. Like, it's there ain't a whole lot to look at. Yeah. So. Well, good news is the Audi's good know. at cruising. The Audi is, it'll be 100 miles an hour the entire way. Um, <laughs> twin turbo V6 MFers. Uh, so that's going to be fun. I'm really excited because I actually got my bindings last night. Right. Burton delivered. I got to tell so you. Burton's been good. As somebody that complains about customer service a lot, Burton was amazing. So I went to Salty Peaks, my favorite board shop in Salt Lake. Yeah. They did not get their shipment from Burton. So I had to cancel my order, which I almost never do because I like supporting local business. Man, we have spent a lot of money in that store. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've spent God. like five Gs in the last month in that store. Um, but anyway, the point is I had to cancel my order there because I went on the Burton website, ordered XLs, paid for next day shipping. XO, XL size of the step-on bindings. Of the step-on bindings. Which is new technology from Burton. And so... They didn't get here on Monday like they were supposed to. So Monday morning, I looked on UPS, and it said delayed indefinitely. Oh, God. I was like, uh-oh. So I called Burton. She's like, well, hang on. I actually know our shipping coordinator at UPS. Let me make a phone call. I'll call you back. Yeah. Hang up. She calls me back 10 minutes later, and she's like, you know what? Actually, those... Um, those are no longer in Columbus. They're actually in Louisville. And by the end of business today, they'll be in Salt Lake City. They're going to be delivered tomorrow between three and five o'clock. Okay. I was like, wow. And, and I said, Hey, by the way, do you know anything about this step on technology? Um, I've never ridden that kind of binding before. And the lady's like, Oh yeah. And she goes into the store and she's like, the reason that, um, the guy who, the engineer who in who invented it, um, the reason he came up with the concept is because he wears a size 15 snow boot and he was having trouble dragging his toes in the snow. Mm -hmm. So he made a binding that would work better for his boot. Uh -huh. I wear a size 15 boot. Yeah. So I did not know this until the other day. Did you know that step-on bindings were created because the guy had a huge foot and he was dragging his toes in the snow? That's never been a problem for you, though. It's never been a problem for me. Yeah. But the point is, they're engineered for a guy with a big foot. Hello. Yeah, that's, cool. that's cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, this lady at Burton went out of her way. And then you know what she did? She emailed me like yesterday and was like, hey, I see they're in Salt Lake City. Should be delivered X time. And it looks like you're good to go. Yeah. And then yesterday when they got here, she sent me another email and said, hey, looks like they were delivered. Did you get them? Yeah. They don't, they don't mess around, man. Uh, that's the best customer service I think I've ever gotten. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, the, the equipment is not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Like that's really amazing. And by the way, we also spent huge money on snowboards. So I'm really excited. By the way, I'm going to ride my old board cause it's, it looks like it's spring conditions at Mammoth. Um, but there's supposed to be a big snowstorm coming through early next week here in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it might be time to uh, get the winter tires out. Might be because uh, snowboarding in Park City opens on November 19th. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be great. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. It's and needed. We, I, I, it's, it's pathetic how much we've worked this year. I mean, honestly. You particularly like, seem like you're at your burnout limit right now. Yeah. I, um, 
I just couldn't believe when I put in all like, cause we were going to Maui at the end of the month and you know, and we got all this time coming up, uh, time off coming up. And I just couldn't believe I was at like over, you know, I was like 246 hours. PTO. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, wow. Okay. You're crispy right now. Yeah. You are. And, and not to meant so am I, like I've been telling my wife, I just can't wait for Hawaii to get here. 23 days, 22 mm-hmm. days. Hey, guess what? It's 20 days until we leave. And now, by the way, here's the cool thing about working at Yelp. Number one, yeah, who's the top producer? This guy got my award in the mail yesterday. Mm-hmm. Top rep. Um, but they actually, because I've produced at such a high level, and you are too, I believe, mm-hmm. we get a half day off this Friday, so I get a half day of vacation day back. And it, I think in another week, I will have earned the 23rd off. Mm-hmm. So I will get a full day and a half of comp just based on performance. Yeah, They pay me to take time off. Yeah, because they know that you need time off to keep producing. Yeah, which is fantastic. I yeah. I love it. So yeah. I don't know. Do we do vacation time right? And this is probably a Mrs. Monty question, but do we do vacation time right in this country? And my my passionate opinion is we do not. No, no. We do not. It, it, it's not even – I don't even yeah. know that it's a conversation. It's not. I just think we, we, we don't value it enough. I think we don't take – we don't take nearly enough uh, vacation time off. And I think that we're one of the few countries that still works five, eight hour, eight hour days. And I want to say there's another country in Europe right now that's testing a four day work week. Yeah, I'd like I'd love that Four four ten 10 hour days. I would love that so much. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, like it is. That'd be phenomenal. There's actually. Company yes. companies here that are trying out the four day work week. There's. Uh, I would love I want to say it's like Norway or Ross. I think it is Norway. It's like four-day work week. I don't know. Wherever it is, they're like the happiest country on this earth. I just don't know why we wouldn't. Earth. Earth. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't either. And I think it's one of those things where we just have to get to a place where we value not working. Yeah. I think it's getting better. I do think that the pandemic, like, has made some people realize, like, whoa, I actually need to use my time off. Yes. I need to actually, um, uh, uh, sadly, my, I think Fred the skeleton just fell over in the kitchen, by the way. You and these Halloween. Um, sadly, so my director at work, his mother had a stroke, so she's elderly because, you know, he's just a little bit older than I am. And he sent a note out and said, you know, this really made me think about. Like we need to value our time. We need to be yes. having our work-life balance, and I think the people are starting to get it. Uh, but if you're not using your vacation time and you're losing it at the end of the year, mm-mm. you just gave, that's ridiculous. You just gave away mental health. You gave away money. You're just you know. Well, that's the problem at Yelp when you take PTO. You give away money as a top producer. Yeah, in sales because we do sales. Yeah, that's the problem. You you know. But Sir Robin says four tens can wear on you as well. Those extra two hours really kick in. But what they mm. say is the extra, the extra, you know, day off that you get, really the, that long elongated weekend more than compensates because you're rest, you're more rested. The studies that advocate for four tens over uh, five eights, if you will. But I already work four tens, so now I just get Friday off. Yeah, I, I work 10. Yeah, we right? work. Like yeah, how many of us are really are actually already we work working hours a day, dude. four tens? We do. I mean, Jake and, then, and I work 530 in the morning to 630 at night. 
So, and we have an hour off in there for lunch, which but, we go and work out. Yeah. And then like, we're in the gym. <laughs> so yeah, I would agree with that. Mrs. Monty. I think that's exactly right. That we already do that. Yeah. We already do that. So but let me have my day off. This is similar to those sleep studies that showed your brain processes creatine and protein better when you get six or more hours of sleep every night. Yeah. It's the same effect when you're not working mm -hmm. five days, that extra day off, those three straight days off that a lot of people in Europe get is why many countries in Europe are healthier countries than in the United States. Yep. Like in China, in the Pacific Rim, they're so unhealthy because most people work not one 40-hour week, but two, because most people in, on the Pacific Rim have two jobs. It's crazy. Because dude. they make such little money. It's crazy. So it really has become, it's an interesting thing. Anyway, yeah, I would love to do that. I'm excited. We're, we're off these two days, and then I'll just tell you now, um, from the 23rd to the 3rd of December, we're off. We're yeah. in Hawaii, and then I'm taking the last two weeks of the year off as well. Um, and it's, I just cannot wait for it. We'll probably do shows some of those last two weeks of the yeah, year. Yeah, there will be some shows in December, no doubt. Yeah, but, but I, the last 13 days, or I guess the last 10 days of November, we're in Hawaii. And we're going to create video content. James Knight is asking if we're going to create content this weekend on the trip. We will. If you follow us on social. On social, we will. We won't be putting out YouTube videos just because we're trying to we're trying to at least, you know, enjoy unplug the trip a little, a little bit, bit, unplug a little bit. In Hawaii, we definitely will be creating YouTube content yeah. for sure. Um, yep. But for this trip, just follow us on social. You'll be able to see it all. I agree. All right. You should probably play the music. Yeah. Okay. What's the most, what thing are you looking forward to most on our trip to Mammoth? Just getting back on the hill, you know. I think obviously getting back on the snowboard. Yeah. But just not giving a damn for four days about work. Yeah. Seriously. Like, I've really worked on it and I've gotten better at just unplugging yeah. and not caring you about it. You have to yeah. let it go. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to. Yeah. Tanner Plummer says, any predictions for BYU and Idaho State? I'm taking Idaho State by 13 points. BYU a lot, Idaho State a little. Yeah, BYU more, Idaho State not enough. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.